0: It, like, took a minute. Maybe maybe we're just doomed. Maybe we're just technologically doomed. Ah.
1: Uh, oh, well. Aren't we all?
0: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. So, welcome to Pleasant Evenings Book Club. <laughs> Yeah, welcome. Uh, long time no see. It's been a few weeks. There's some uh,
1: doing stuff a little bit differently this episode.
0: That's right. So today we're gonna be covering uh, <laughs> we're gonna be covering the first the the theatrical run of the original Gundam series, and we're kind of doing this a little backdoor pilot for for a sideshow, very ambitious for a show that. Has stopped putting out episodes for a a month and a half or something.
1: Uh, every every show, every show needs a season's break, you know.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Is how that's how I'm going to frame it.
0: Um. Yeah, but now we're gonna also put <laughs> we're gonna do a, a sideshow. Now we're gonna try to take a look at the Gundam series and fit it all into our greedy little mouths. At least a, the the At least the. The motion picture stuff, but we'll see if uh, we get motivated to look into any of the novelizations or comic books.
1: Yeah, I thought Hathaway looked interesting.
0: I know there's a there's animation of Hathaway. Yeah, it's it's uh, adapted from a light novel. Oh, so I, I found so this not... I
1: was scrolling through Netflix, and the category was. Um, Adapted FaceTime from.
0: The... <laughs> I love that category. I had an experience watching a movie, and the whole time thinking, "I bet this would be a good book." Because as a, as a movie, this sucks. But maybe, <laughs> like it seems like they were. What was that? It was. It wasn't a great movie, on it. It wasn't. I don't. I don't know how good the book could be. How was it? It was called. Uh, I want to say, like, Mr. Holmes or something. It was with Ian McKellen, and he either plays... So it's either, like, in some kind of universe where... No, it? I don't know. It's like... There's a guy that inspired the Sherlock Holmes character who was, like, a brain genius who was good at solving little riddles. Uh, but, um, But this is, like, at the end of his life, and he's, like, starting to, like, lose his memory and he's not as sharp as he was. So... I mean, I forgot the, like, the main gist of the plot, but he's, like, staying at this house helping some people solve some mystery or something while he's, like, coming to terms with this new stage in his life where he can't... Can't remember shit? You can't remember shit.
1: <laughs> See that? Yeah, that can be well done with, like, a stream of crashes and this type of deal.
0: Yeah. You know, later, actually, um, True Detective 3 is kind of about that um, did you watch any of the True Detectives? We, I know we've mentioned it before. On, I've I've only of seen things.
1: I've only seen that first season. I've only seen season one ever.
0: Oh, season three is good. It's directed by the writer. Season two's uh, interesting. If you want to see how bad something can get,
1: um,
0: maybe. But
1: you know, if I don't see the bad stuff, how can I know if the good stuff is really that good?
0: It is nice as a pleasant surprise, I guess.
1: No, I don't know. Like I said I'll, I'll consume. <laughs> You'll consume. I'll consume trash, whatever. I'll watch some garbage if it's a season.
0: I mean, hopefully that's the attitude. Hopefully, we won't we won't need that attitude? I don't say. I just assumed we were Gundam. Hopefully, we won't need that attitude as we go forward into this Gundam thing. Because I gotta say, like jumping into talking about these Gundam movies, they were better than I'd hoped.
1: I was I was so surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like you, you had said before; they they had no business being that good. <laughs> I was I was expecting some more straightforward, action visuals, which you know you know we got that in Spades, but there's definitely some other deeper things going on with this politics and its philosophizing and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it's really cool watching these movies develop because as it goes on, not only does the scale get bigger, but also like the interpersonal stuff gets deeper too. So like it, I don't know, it has this effect of like zooming in and zooming out at the same time.
1: I, I dug that char, that char <laughs> Artasia little side plot going on there was kind of, that was cool.
0: I think I appreciated that, like, uh, like I guess like we're talking off mic. About it just now, about how the story, how the uh, the principality of Zeon, how, like, the conflict seems more gray at first. Like, reorganized as the series goes on to be more Nazi. Having the other undercurrent of these interpersonal grudges going on, like the secret of Char's past and, like, what his motives are kept things always like at a higher level of intrigue
1: yeah he he always managed to maintain a uh just, just this air about him for an antagonist that i don't want to say is unmatched but he he is i can see why they per- portray him to be so sexy <laughs> well so yeah no I, I mean i mean starting off with that first movie i was really i was rooting for zion at first like and then and then you know the second movie ends with this Sig Sig Hale Zion <laughs> thing, and that that was as real realized. Oh fuck! I I made a mistake rooting <laughs> for these people in the first movie. <laughs> oh no! Yeah,
0: right. It's understood. Like it's understood. I guess common knowledge about the series is that it's a very upfront anti-war story. So even even when a fight is justified, like you all you always see like people panicking or people dying or suffering
1: there's there's a sacrifice that is never worth the ends maybe
0: arguably no it's a question of like 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 if i guess like if everyone thought like kai then there would be no wars I, but you know kai can't live in a world of 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 like-minded survivors he he in, in the end he's compelled he's got to pilot the gun cannon
1: yeah yeah he's pushed towards it I guess we could dive into summarizing the events in order as we recall them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's best like just lay, lay some ground. Like the story starts in a I guess like some background of the the Gundam world, right? Uh humanity has expanded has expanded to to the stars. I they don't really mention like faster than light travel. It's just kind of a given that they can go out Vast distances in space, or did I miss that part?
1: No, they—they, they, I mean, they, they seem pretty confined into, in um, within the solar system as we know it. So I don't think I don't think they have a light travel at this point in time. Okay, but they—they've got these advanced, um, biologically complex space stations that seem pretty yeah. self-sustainable. Just Floating around all six sides of Earth. This this is something I missed. How how many sides are there?
0: Um, doesn't it start on side seven? It does. So at least seven sides of like these like giant. I don't know if they're like di- uh. It it kind of looks like uh like a Halo map. Uh, <laughs> it's these cylinders that have like these uh this terrain like growing on the uh. Like, on the edges of it? Like, with replicated gravity and weather?
1: It reminded me of the space station in uh, Interstellar at the end of of that movie. They had a space station that was pretty similar.
0: Interstellar had a... Wait, at the end when, like, uh, when... When he gets back from getting out of
1: the string theory black hole thing?
0: Wow, I totally forgot that was... The Earth
1: had died but there's this space station now that the that looks pretty similar to the Gundam ones where it, it has this um this conical shape.
0: O'Neill cylinders I think they're usually called. I wonder if there's a realism to
1: that. Like I
0: wonder if that's the most effective way to
1: create gravity.
0: Yeah, I guess that helps like with the with the rotation or something like spinning it helps. Cuz e- even our uh
1: like our international space station now has a lot of those cylinder shapes.
0: Yeah. Either way, like, this was, uh, the story came out in 1979, so I guess it was the cutting edge of, like, of, like, futurists imagining it. <laughs> Looking into the O'Neill cylinder thing, it was developed by, by a Princeton University physicist, and it was later used by, Arth- like, and that design was later used by Arthur C. Clark in Rendezvous with Rama. Huh. But anyways, yeah, they got a lot of, like, little touches of, like, how, um how space travel or space warfare could work. I like that little moment, like when they're in there, like in the later sections when they're in space um, and you know, they're, they're weightless in space. There's like little, there's like bars to grab onto so you could get around. I think in the third movie, there's like, they even show like a little thing you can like grab that then will like drag you to the end of a bar. Yeah. Yeah. I love all those little touches when they have the, uh, the booster, and, like, this thing comes up to, to like, absorb, like, the exhaust from the plane.
1: Yeah, there's some nice touches of realism with how they would interact with the lack of gravity or the presentation of these space stations.
0: Okay, so, like, just to getting into, like, a little bit of story. So, we're, we're inside Seven, one of the big cylinders in the uh, surrounding Earth. Yeah, I guess they can't be too far. They're like, a, cause like the moon is like a part of. I assume that's what Luna was was a moon. I was,
1: yeah, that or, um, maybe they're close to the meteor belt, and Luna, you, you, Luna Seven or something is like the name of one of those big meteors. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I also assume
0: like mining meteors is a part of the economy and like part of the I don't know how the resources go. Part
1: of what these space stations against earth were fighting for
0: I should have prepared a little bit uh some notes instead of go to watch one piece by God. myself and crying in the theater next to some stranger <laughs> <laughs> It's okay Anime's brought oh. me to
1: tears before but
0: uh <laughs> yeah so in one of these uh one of these uh, cylinders outside of earth and uh we see, there's a young boy named Amuro Ray who's like a real gearhead he's playing with his with his toys when when ruckus ensues, uh, the the, the ze- oh wait we didn't go to the background we didn't do the background.
1: We'll we'll, we'll get there. The background
0: will kind of build. we'll fill it and, in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. basically, there's two sides. There's the Earth Federation, and there's there's a group of people that were living in that were in outer space in the farthest area from earth that um revolted try to get independence and has since come to be known as a principality of zeon and they've been fighting a war that's been somewhat at a stalemate yeah some of these zeon people led by a uh, char Aznable, who's like he's like one of the main guys in this in this story um they're doing a reconnaissance mission because earth federation his is coming up with a new with a new weapon called, which is you know the, the titular Gundam. They want to see. They're doing reconnaissance to see, I don't know what they're working with.
1: How advanced it is, whether or not their tech is capable of keeping up with Xeon or, or not. I guess what they're trying to determine was was this new tech going to give the Earth Federation forces enough of an edge to win.
0: Yeah, but then one of the commanders, one of the pilots of like most of the wars are fought with mechs um here dubbed mobile suits because of something called Minovsky particles that reduce like the um the effectiveness of radar and like other like far-flung communications make it very difficult to do battle from far distances so mobile suits became like the best way to do close combat fighting that's their excuse to having mechs in this this just got to be up close and if you're up close it's just better if you're human in a giant robot human shaped in a human shaped robot <laughs> yeah anyways one of the pilots of these mech suits uh kind of jumps the gun he sees an opportunity to instead of just see what the weapon is to destroy or capture it and what was a reconnaissance mission turns into a full-blown attack um amuda ray finds that his that his father, who is uh the engineer working on the Gundam, uh, is more interested in kind of getting the you know getting as much as many weapons and in mo- you know, mobile suits like out of the colony that they're in than like helping the civilians or anything like that. So he takes the matters into his own hands and like one of the uh, mobile suits that got that got attacked, the titular Gundam. Uh, he met, he climbs in and even though he. I mean, he's got the instruction book in his hand, and he's like on the fly trying to figure out how to learn. But he's a quick study, and we we'll s- And apparently, because it turns out that his latent psychic abilities make him extra good at <laughs> intuiting things. Uh, but they don't get into that till later. He fights off some of the some of the mobile suits. The the Zeon mobile suits are old Zaku, by the way. Well, they got some. They the names get goofy
1: yeah they they uh, really for the do.
0: <laughs> i that's
1: a that's a plus for me i I enjoy <laughs> but l- goofy, goofy later naming.
0: later they say we have three gogs at your disposal <laughs> <laughs> doesn't stop there and then char is like, wow is this a galgoog A galgoog might be it's a galgoog one of them is literally the goof And I would be so proud oh <laughs> yeah maybe that's that explains the outcome of the war is that their supercomputer designing this stuff as a pen shot for for nonsense sound. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think I think you might have cracked uh, might have cracked some some lore that
1: that or you know just people got insane staring into this void of space for too long.
0: <laughs> I guess it. You know what? Working on on this war stuff just got, has to make you crazy. Like that's what I guess. Spoilers ahead. That's what happens to Amaro's dad.
1: Yeah, poor poor guy getting oxygen deprived.
0: <sighs> Damn They just like stick him in some some like <laughs> some weird house at the end of. Wherever,
1: right by the junkyards.
0: Yeah, it's like really sticking in. Like this, he's <laughs> they chewed him up and threw him out. Oh, you you have to just kill
1: half of humanity. There's this <laughs> little house for you by the junkyard. Damn, but anyway, yeah, I guess that's some background there. Is that you know during the initial startings of of this war, half of humanity is gone.
0: Right, because the war has gotten was gotten so so bad it's just pretty scary that later when zeon goes full hit nazi um what's the name of the main nazi the
1: the guy uh, the extra crazy zabi the uh
0: zabi yeah the gil Gar- is it garma giran i think garma's like the the isn't garma the big one no that's dozel garma is the garma is a char's friend but Char is not Garma's friend. No. Garma's the one that got tricked by by Char.
1: Yeah. Into... You're right. The, the youngest child.
0: <laughs> it's a great moment.
1: No, that 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 scene confused me because those motivations weren't quite revealed yet. And all Char says, oh, well, you're just unluck- unlucky to be his Abby. Haha, I got you.
0: <laughs> he literally just like lo- laughs.
1: It's like, wait, what? What's that about, Char? Why are you, why are you doing this?
0: <laughs> I guess it's it, it does it does immediately have you asking questions because uh, he acts like they're like he acts like such a gentleman, and that's when you realize like he's doing some kind of Monte Cristo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still don't know like what his plans are. I wasn't sure if he was just like. Up yours, or if he at that point, I was also open to the idea that he's climbing the ranks or something.
1: So I, I thought it was some like weird politicking, like some other family member had re- requested his death, or there was some feuding going on.
0: Yeah, there's they yeah. Whenever they like go into the into the micro, they can stop by at Earth. There's all this stuff going on, like. Karma? Like, I don't think we're gonna be able to cover everything that happens. No, there's no way. Um, but, like, before he dies, like, Karma has this, like, this, like, it... <laughs> it's, like, out of, I don't know, uh, like, war and peace or something, where he has this whole thing about a forbidden engagement with some lady.
1: Yeah, yeah, he... Karma had a little lever on, on Earth's side, and I, I think they are gonna tie the that too. Was, was their plan, like... Man, like, like, I was playing, oh, I'm, I'm going to take it back to the Principality and we'll be an item there.
0: Like, yes, yeah, so like they are there, which makes it like extra sad, like about him dying, I guess. Yeah. Also, like you didn't, you didn't know about Kieran's, um ideology. You don't even know new types exist at that point. But it there's, there's this, there's the larger war stuff. And, you know, that is at its most simple is in the white on the white base. Like, trying to trying to survive. Um, then there's, like, logistics. But then there's, like, these people that are just trying to manage their, their passions, their loves, their, you know, like, their own, like... Their losses, their families,
1: um, trying to get some bread on yeah. the table. That was one detail I, I had noticed was whenever they were eating, it was always just a piece of old-looking bread.
0: They made a point of... I don't remember when they made a point that someone was eating bread and made it a point to show that it was like very stale and hard to chew on.
1: Because that's what happens during all-out war. Mm.
0: Yeah, so like I, I don't think I'm gonna go into as much detail for outside of the beginning. Uh, I think we're gonna like zoom by afterwards. Like the other part of this beginning section is white base, uh, which is another experimental. Um, it's kind of like a carrier type ship. Like it's like a larger ship like meant to
1: house and launch these these mecha.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like yeah, so I yeah, so am thinking like carriers like in World War Two, how they had all the all the planes.
1: these these movies were very uh, um Pacific theater in, in its setting and in comparisons.
0: It also like but it also works like when you just think about um when you just think about the logistics of space war, I'm guessing you need like mobile bases.
1: I'm not gonna say without a doubt, but yeah, that, that that would be a necessity, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, but no, I can't. Like, I could. I was trying not to like pigeonhole things, but I'm sure, like even Tomine, like even he would be like, would like invite comparisons to, uh, you know, World War Two Japan like when Giren gives his hail Zeon speech, like I thought I, re- I remembered it like starting at a banner that looked like the, that, the, you know, the, the, the classic Japanese flag with the red dot, the rising sun. Yeah. And then it panned down and you saw, and you saw like these like Nazi eagles and this, you know, like big Lenny Reifenstahl style display of people. Um, uh, but either way, like, they, yeah, they have, like, this... I mean, if you have this, like, background, like, you're gonna draw on it.
1: Definitely to maintain that anti-war message and then also, I guess, do a cultural um, self-ethnography of, of what mm. what, you, what you've
0: done before. Um, but they do a really clever thing in building it, and that white base, the, the captain, who has to, like, lead white base... Uh, or as lieutenant, I don't know how or how army hierarchy works. Um, he, eventually, he's lieutenant. Um, but he, like he, kind of the same way that Amuro Rey has to step in and pilot the Gundam. Like he was, he was lower in command. But the the guy who's supposed to be the the captain of the ship, whatever the the guy that's supposed to be lieutenant, got injured and eventually dies. And so, like, this younger guy has to lead it. And a lot of the main crew are actually young. They're they're kind of shunted into this position. So they do this cool thing where, at least, at least like, in the world of White Base, like, they're part of the machinery of the war. But just by necessity, because of their age, none of them are... you are all kids. Like, the architects of... It all hap- could happen of anything happening. Yeah, they're all they're the you know they're the people on whom war is thrust upon. I was gonna say like but like even Zeon like at um that whenever they notice whenever they get a look at what White Base is working with, they're like, damn, they're using kids. That's so fucked up. <laughs> like even in the world of Gundam, it's like, you know like now we take it for granted in anime. Oh yeah, kids are yeah of course they have to fight to save the world.
1: Yeah, adults don't know shit. It's gonna be the kids. <laughs> Yeah, who else could? The adults are way too ingrained in in their nonsense and old ways of thinking.
0: Yeah, maybe there's some. I guess I
1: I guess I worked with the new the new type um, thing going on.
0: There is something there. There, there's people that like the new. So I guess like yeah, let's get into that. So um, we're just discovering the Gundam world, and I guess so. They're going to talk about like all the cool stuff in it. I think now he's going to go more the loosey goosey because that's the pitch. Amodo Ray and the White Base are a bunch of kids trying to get from one place to another in peace, unsuccessfully. Um,
1: Seems so like the Earth Federation forces that, continually, like, um, baited them to a two, like.
0: Oh man, they screw them over so bad. <laughs> yeah, when they finally get to, like, link up with the Federation forces, like, immediately, like, alright, here's this mission, you go by yourself into this battle zone. <laughs>
1: The, well, like the first base, they stop at too after after their home is, is blown up. Yeah, so so the ruckus of Xeon <laughs> um, trying to do their uh, their scouting for information in turns to their homes blown up. But so yeah, when when White Base first stops there, and they think, okay, we're we're home, we're in safety. They're like, oh, sorry, we don't have any resources. Go go to Earth. <laughs> then they go to Earth. Oh, nope, sorry, we can't help you. Go here instead.
0: Right, is this when they um, they land like where Amuro's mom is? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was right around there too. That was a crazy scene.
0: That's where something I wonder if like, um, when, okay, wait, which scene are you thinking? When
1: Am Amuro and his mom like finally interact with each other, you know, I'm I'm still not quite sure what, what to take away from from that from that one. <laughs> I thought she was a little harsh with him, like, "Oh, that's yeah, not how I yeah. raised <laughs> you." What the hell? But and you know, Armor was like, "Well, it's it's me or them."
0: Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> he's he's in it. Like, I don't know. Like that whole situation was so screwed because now not only was this refugee camp harboring a Federation soldier, but also they killed one o- one of them, and there's someone else to tell them that he did it.
1: Yeah, and he he had put. Like, all those people into danger. I guess it was a bad decision on Amro's part to uh, make his way there.
0: Yeah, but it seemed like the mom, instead of being upset about him for doing that, for, I don't know, for lack of prudence or something, she's like, I can't believe you would shoot at someone. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's not the way I raised you. Why, why are you why are you shooting soldiers?
0: Like, I think, I'm like, my. I was like, uh, you know, two minds about it, because on the one hand, like, it's... It's war. Like, are you asking why I'm shooting a soldier in a war. But on the other hand, you know, you kind of need that voice. Someone's got to say that to you.
1: I'm just surprised it was it was her during that, that interaction, <laughs> too, of him hiding in that bed and being discovered. Like, of, of course it was going to escalate that way.
0: Yeah. And at this point in the story, like, I think, like, part of how why he shoots, too, is that I don't think if, like, this is a result of having to watch some more truncated movie instead of the show where maybe you would things would breathe a little more but i guess like at this point like he might have some ptsd like he had a couple of like um get in the like shinji get in the robot moments where he's like why am i Yeah,
1: he had to get some blackout things why should i pilot the gun <laughs> he, he left the white base so a couple points too like i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to get into this kill machine I've, i've killed so many people at this point i'm not even a soldier like
0: what am i doing and so him like doing the shooting there is you know it makes sense in the moment of like you know they're gonna catch me or they're gonna tell about the about the refugee camp or something but also, it could just be like he might have like had a moment where he snapped, where he went into like survival mode. Anyway, like he's gone through the ringer, and then his own mother disowns him. <laughs> I got a feel for him. I modest him, and then I don't think they they follow back on that. Like the white base moves on, and then they. Uh... I guess they, they they gave him the opportunity to leave and stay with his
1: mother, and he decided, no, I'm 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 Gundam pilot now.
0: I went, maybe he was thinking about it, but then he, but that like did it. Like, she burned the, bri- now the vibes are weird. Like, please let me back on the, I
1: can't stay here.
0: <laughs> well, you
1: know, he, he had people he cared about on, on that ship, too. Yeah. And this is one thing that came came up pretty consistently was, you know, the lieutenant was like, oh, anyone can pilot this Gundam. We don't need, we don't need you, Amuro. Like, you know, he, he said that and that came up pretty consistently, but white base needed him for sure
0: yeah like there's so many moments when they were when it was only because amuro came out uh it's so cool like the like the like the white base is so important to the story because like they make the gundam so like op it's like there's a video game there's a superman game i don't think it was that all that great but like in that game like you didn't have a health bar like metropolis had a health bar
1: oh why would Superman or or uh, Gundam have a health bar
0: yeah it's like the strongest thing I'm curious like speaking of like it turns out Gundam does have a health bar because like by the end of it it gets like it's such a weird fight like fight like when um char and Amaro are fighting on their respective like Amaro's on his Gundam of course and char is piloting the uh
1: <laughs> Z- Z- Z-
0: or something like that,
1: Jiang. That was a souped-up robot that had no legs. Yeah, I like that he said something, something about that too. Oh, it's not completed in construction, but the legs are just uh, just for show. I, I always try to tell Top Brass that.
0: At the end of the fight, it's the Gundam like missing missing a head, like missing an arm, fighting just a floating head.
1: It was it was funny because what was the one thing I said? Oh no, my main camera's gone. Oh well, I'm still gonna get him. <laughs> oh, I don't need that. It's just it's yeah. Just it must a have been camera.
0: his. It must have been his. Uh, his new type abilities got so honed by that point.
1: Yeah. They, they oh, okay. Were... So that's
0: the other thing. So uh, I guess I want to talk a bit about the new type stuff. Yeah, of course. Apparently, I was looking around. Apparently, and fans are divided about the new type stuff. I could Some people just say it's it's their serious robot show is um, bogged down by space magic.
1: I could I could understand that. I mean that's that's fair. Um I don't know if I personally feel that way. Okay, I mean like at the very least the new type of stuff allowed for some awesome eye candy, some some great visuals to occur.
0: Yeah. Right, because like when they when like two new types bump heads they do like a little Vulcan mind meld and like colors emerge
1: i I I, I like the new types up at that point like that was that thematically it was necessary too with uh what was her name Layla? Le, lala lala like that that was i don't, I don't know what like right, how, yeah. how would they have had that interaction without that new type stuff and that interaction was absolutely essential for, for multiple characters developments.
0: Right, because then by the end, like they don't see eye to eye, but they like understand each other more, like Char and um and Amuro. There's also like there's like in new types there's also I guess like what we're talking about technology, like there's like in with new types there's the hope for the future and also like or else the horrible next page of the war. Where the killing machines get more precise and where people are, um, uh, organized by like this genetic, by this eugenics logic. So like, what's, um, just like, that's like, Char is like afraid that new types are just going to be used as tools for the war. But Lala, it's, yeah. like she thinks that new types shouldn't be killing each other.
1: Was, I don't know, that, that was cool thematically, like new types should be allowed to just live as new
0: types and to be lefting alone. But of course, like if it's useful for the machinery of war, they're, they're going to be used, which I guess
1: is why Char disliked Amuro so much by, by the end
0: of, of, uh, these films. Yeah. You know, something I wasn't understanding all the way, like maybe I missed some in between stuff. Char is asking Amuro to join him and like join him to, to what? Like, I'm not sure, like he made the pitch very clear.
1: No, well, Char is... I think it's obvious he, he's not one for uh, politicking so much. Which is... Consi- which is He can play the right, game. But, well, you know, even when he plays the game, it's like, oh, I, I could be useful for you, which is part of what gets these new types in, into trouble. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he sold Armour all, all that well on what exactly... Which is kind of silly because like, yeah, in the like, end they're both fighting against the same thing. They were both fighting against Zabi family.
0: Yeah, they understood that he was like, yeah, Amuro was saying like, our enemy, like, don't you like, our enemy is actually the Zabi family. I guess by this point, I guess I, the Hail Zeon speech must have like carried. Must have like carried. And my understanding is that Char's motivation is to kill the Z- get revenge on the Zabi family. It's like his backstory, right? Is that his, um, he and Sayla are, Sela, who is, um.
1: Artacia.
0: Like, who's a sister, yeah. whose real name is Artesia. She's piloting the, um, the jet booster, like a plane, space plane, um, for the white base. He and Selah are, um, they're the children of the politician at the head of the initial Zeon independence movement before the, the Zabi family took over, killed him and took over and set up their own kind of, I don't know, feudal semi feudal organization. So he's out for revenge to try to kill the zombies, is my understanding, right? Yes. And then Amuro says, Hey, uh, our enemies are the zombies. And what does Char say? He's just like, no, they're not like, "Nah, uh, also,
1: I guess that that final fight, I mean, he had killed, I'm mean, right, killed Lala and had allowed himself to be killed by the, you know, allowed himself to be manipulated by the Earth forces. Not manipulated, but allowed himself to be made into a, a weapon. I guess mm-hmm. no matter what, it was too late, too little for either side at that point.
0: Yeah, there was kind of like push to that. Because Char needed to, like, still play the game. Like, he didn't know how long, um, uh what can what's her name? The the other zombie like found out his true identity? Cecilia. Yeah. So he had to stay in the so he had to like really double down the shark character there. Like he had to keep fighting Amuro. I guess
1: there might have been some deeper stuff there besides kill the zombies. Not deeper, but there might have been some other motiva- motivations afterwards. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. do I do think he was interested in Xeon maintaining this independence
0: that would make sense given that right the given that his dad was a leading independence figure
1: so and i I guess armor would never have been down with that no matter what so i guess that was reason enough to keep on fighting said zeon proved to not be much better even even if we're under char
0: yeah i don't know i I don't I don't I don't know like what's in the in the future for Zeon. I feel like Amuro like if if they wanted independence and didn't want to do any war, I don't see why Amuro would object. I he doesn't seem to be that motivated by politics. No,
1: no, despair.
0: Like outside of the reality of outside yeah, like outside of the reality of war, like he hasn't had a reason to be motivated by anything except like what's like right in front of him.
1: That's true.
0: Like when he's when they're um, was it at Jaburo? When they're at Jaburo, uh, they start like giving ev- everyone medals, and promotions, and like he gets pissed like well, that's meaningless. Like they promote um, they promote one of the the pilot of the gun tank
1: that had ended up dying at that um, point
0: Ryu, yeah, he like he saved Amaro's life. In a kamikaze attack, and he just like flips out. It's like he, he just three, you know, with like three ranks are supposed to erase this death. Like he's like the whole, you know, the theatrics of of war and politics is to, are totally alien to him. It's, it's right. It's not his game whatsoever. I guess like we get hints of it as it goes on. Maybe we'll see more in the sequels. Uh, he's got like a sense of of self as he's discovering what it means to be a new type when like we're getting we're at the edges of what that means what that's gonna mean politically as an identity group or um I don't know what to fill in for the or I don't know, as a Demo, type of way to be Demographic.
1: (laughs) I guess yeah. Way way to be is probably better.
0: yeah yeah, it also affects like I don't know your besides like how good you are at knowing how to pilot things.
1: What else? What else Um, is there?
0: Yeah. So like, okay. So if you're a new type, your brain is just like on another level. You can intuit how to pilot things. Well, that's what they like. That's what they just say at the beginning. But then you see that there's. I don't you can like form
1: these deep connections with other new types.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like there's um inter new type communication that's possible. And later he's at the end he's able to like give everyone on the give everyone like ad- um directions to escape the base or to escape the um what that uh, the asteroid that they're attacking
1: just in time too.
0: Yeah. So like so like if you're a new type, you can mind meld with other new types. Um, you can intuit machines easily. You can like see ghosts a little bit, and you can like do telekinesis or t- tele telepathy. Is that like the gist of it? That I did I miss any and, and, new type perks?
1: As far as we have seen, I, I think <laughs> that that is the gist of the new type abilities.
0: And they're saying, like, it's, like, a humanity's adaptation to being in space. And, you know, as a metaphor, like, I don't know, like, maybe people get, like, too caught up in the science fiction of it. But, you know, without it, you know, you could easily say, well, then how do you explain some kid learning how to operate this complicated machine so quickly? Um, you know, so, like, it's a show where they, you know, they're where for some reason giant robots is the best way to do warfare. Uh, but, anyways, like as a metaphor, like as this thing, like <laughs> <laughs> like as a metaphor, like the new type thing is, um, like being able to connect with other people, you know, from the logistical telecommunications thing. Surely, especially since Manovsky particles has made that so difficult, um, for the telecommunications, but also for like bridging the gap between like understanding, like like a full meeting of the minds seems like very valuable for people coming together. And also like the fact that it's connected to technology seems interesting to me, you know, then it gets incorporated into technology, but you know, isn't technology like the expression of human adaptation to the environment? Yeah.
1: at this Yeah. At this point, I mean, de- de- definitionally for, for sure.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to like take that far of a walk. It's just what it is. No, I don't know. I Not mean, I mean I, I
1: truly, the, the, the new type connection that Armuro and Lala were able, able to form with each other. I mean, that was, that was probably my favorite visual moment of, of the show. Like, oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. That, that was just my favorite inter- interaction, I think.
0: I liked to see it and, like, maybe like some, like, nice lines, but I was so confused as to, like, what Lala's, like, character was. They, they kind of sold her solar short. Yeah, in, in, in this compilation film. Yeah, maybe the show has more like character detail for her. I mean, the
1: way the movies present her she's some new type that Char had discovered first.
0: Yeah, so see, like I guess like when they're at they they they're stopping somewhere, they're stopping at like at a neutral colony, at a neutral cylinder, and Amora had a bad time linking up with his dad. Who man, okay, so like I guess like we we hinted at it, we talked a little bit about it, but isn't that the saddest thing? The dad like losing his brain. He's just like in this like sad, I don't know, efficiency. Like it looks like like the like a warehouse that was converted into an in efficiency or something.
1: Yeah, it was, it was such an emotional and disconnect too. Like here's here's your son that you haven't seen in this conflict for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And his main priority was making sure the Gundam is better.
0: Yeah. And he's like, that's all he's talking about. And he shows him, look, here's this machine I invented. Amora looks at it and he just looks at it and immediately knows it's junk. Is, And he wonders if he has, like, oxygen deprivation syndrome or something. So he's just tinkering away at stuff that doesn't work because he's not like, all there anymore. He Like, he lost some screws. And so, like, yeah, he's robbed of this emotional connection and also, like, you know, he doesn't even have the, you know, like, at least Shinji's dad, or at least Amuro's dad in the beginning, was accomplishing things. So you could say, oh, he was distant, but he, because he was so committed. Like, here it's just the distance. Right, and he thinks he's committed,
1: but he's not even capable of accomplishing much anymore.
0: Man, that's so sad. And, like, the way that he's not even, like, looked after, it feels like, I don't know if you would, like, need a nurse. Like, if there's, like, a way to, like... I don't know, like, hook him up with, like, an oxygen machine or something to help him. I know, like, like if you are, like, without oxygen for a while, it can cause, like, permanent brain damage. Um,
1: I guess if that happens, too little, too late. Right?
0: Yeah. But, but either way, it seems like the Earth Federation, like, kind of just throw him to, like, throw him to the side. Yeah.
1: It's funny you said Shinji first before Amuro. That's, that's funny.
0: <laughs> well, my first thought was... Um, Gendo being like you know this distant father, just cares about getting results done. But you know he gets results for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it applies to you know like we, I, you know, you don't even have to go that far. Just that's the character also in in I mean, Gundam. Amuro's um, dad is a,
1: That's the trope, isn't it?
0: I I I wonder if Gundam was the first one for that. I'm sure you can go back. You know, to some Greek myth or something. No, you for sure good, could go back. Odysseus went away for 10 years, right? 20 years, I guess. Like, the war was 10 years. Getting back was 10 years.
1: Damn, Talk about not being present. Yeah. <laughs> we could we could edit this out, but poor, uh, poor Jesus, too. <laughs> Father, Father, please don't make me do this. I don't want to do this, Dad.
0: <laughs> Why have you forsaken me? Oh, I've been rereading... Um... <laughs> hunter hunter i've been i guess like i i've been my peak weeb lately oh that's another not present father at all either yeah and you know that's kind of like one piece kind of has that of this like um absent father figure i wonder if like i wonder if um i don't want to like uh generalize too much about japan but i'm gonna do it <laughs> um I wonder if that's a trope like following World War two because so many people died so many like men died in World War two like there must have been like a generation of like fatherless children that went on to make like a lot of the media that you know inspired the next generation Fuck. yeah it's possible right so it, it's a thought <laughs> i mean i'm I'm not even
1: sure you'd you'd be guilty of generalizing I mean that, that just kind of you're, mm-hmm. you're you're making sense of of sequence of events that would happen to entire nation state
0: yeah and i'm guessing like for japan like that was a, a you know they they lost like a percentage of their population you know like way bigger numbers than like the percentage of the population that the u.s lost but you know the u.s has no shortage of of those kinds of stories of absent fathers you know even if they come back from the war you know they got ptsd they're drunk all the time or they're just you know they're caught up in the new economy or in the old like and the old way of surviving, of like not sharing your feelings or anything. Like, there's.
1: I mean, it was outside of war. That, there's just a concept of masculinity. Hmm.
0: Man, yeah, Gundam's good. Gund- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh yeah, I was reading Hunter Hunter, and there's a part where some characters are talking about Judas in a way, like there's like they, they think there's a Judas among us, and then other characters like. Um, no, I don't think there is. And besides, I don't consider Judas to be a traitor. Which okay, they're, so they're having like theological discussion about, you know, about the passion about about the gospels. And now I'm thinking, so in Hunter Hunter world, Jesus is canon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> damn! But yeah, also it turns out in Gundam, Hitler is canon. Yeah, oh. I, I I knew
1: they were going, you, you know, with with the.
0: The Hyl- Hail Zion, you, you know, the,
1: the fascist references, but I I was surprised to see that name Didn't drop. Yeah, <laughs> like...
0: Not only did they name drop him, one character goes to the other it's like, you ever heard of Hitler? Oh yeah, from the past. You remind me of Hitler right now. You fail to
1: see the movements of the times.
0: Um, I, uh, that's not, you know, I guess like that's an interesting thing where far back enough in history and like you think like what do we end up remembering these people for like we you know julius caesar is famous for so much more than you know genocide of the gauls yeah i guess he accomplished way more than hitler did nero is famous for burning uh burning rome or allegedly burning rome playing a musical instrument playing for his sick chops at, I wonder if, like, yeah, maybe, maybe a thousand years in the future, wherever, whenever the universal century is, people talk about Hitler. Oh, yeah, he was one who did not know where the times were going. What
1: What a what a gross way to... <laughs> I guess it'd go far enough in the future, details get lost, but...
0: Yeah, but you would think the... Because uh, Kieran, like, he expresses... A desire for for like new types to take over as a superior race because of overpopulation. Anyways, a lot of people need to die, and the old the people of the old old types need to go. So you would think like, you're reminding a lot of Hitler because you want to make a master race a f- of people you deem to be genetically superior. <laughs> fucking psychopath!
1: Your psychopath yeah. son, sit down.
0: <laughs> um. So that's, yeah, it's a dead
1: his, his father was an
0: interesting figure. He pursued peace. He pursued peace at the end of it. Right. Well, what's his... Yeah, I wonder, like, I guess, like, we need more back. We don't have much background about how, you know, how the coup went down. Like, what their motivations for cooing were. How did it turn into an all-out war where Zeon didn't just have, um... You know, they didn't just, like hold on to their section, but they had a pretty entrenched invasion going on on planet Earth where they were like had mining operations and fortresses
1: everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess in retrospect, it was pretty obvious that they were fighting more of a war than a war for independence.
0: Yeah, see, that's spread a little bit more like Conquest. I'm not sure what the logistics were. Like, I would think that if you're in space already, if you're so far away from Earth, that maybe from asteroids you could get what you need, but I don't know. Maybe you need, maybe you can't find as much um, gold for electronics in asteroids or something.
1: No cows in the asteroids either.
0: No. Oh, there are. There were cows in. Was in uh, one of the the uh, one of the uh, cylinders. There were buffalo in the desert place that they went to
1: yeah there's a swan in, in the neutral side as well
0: and <laughs> in, in the neutral planet they should have waged war in the neutral planet like in Futura. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i would like to see see more about that neutral space station too that that's a that's an interesting one in terms of background
0: yeah because there's pr-
1: principality of Xeon fighting for what we thought was i don't know self-determination but then these I guess mm-hmm. these other space stations are allowed their own politics and can choose to be neutral.
0: Yeah, that's got to be a complicated um, political system. Because if if they yeah, because if they I maybe maybe um, they gained a neutral stance. Like maybe that was a result of some treaty, where because of how um,
1: still maybe this conflict yeah, was. yeah maybe they made
0: some like. Yeah, so maybe like as a human rights thing. There's like, well, we can't be attacking. We can't be like having fights in in these places. Yeah, Yeah, like that was a really cool like showing that. It was a really good cool look into like the politics. It makes you wonder about all that stuff. And the little details of like the security tape over the weapons.
1: If you fire a missile here, you'll be horribly fine. Yeah. Which is also, also funny too, they're they're money motivated as well, still.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're still an economy, which makes me wonder like how is Earth Federation economy organized? So they're using money. Gold is still valuable, as we can see from when Char gives um, Sela like bars of gold.
1: Yeah, just a suitcase full of go- gold in a note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so gold still has value.
0: Just like little things. It's a, it's a, it's a, it has the Star Wars effect. I think I get it, you know, speaking of late 70s, early 80s properties, at least for now that had, um, there is a Star Wars effect of, like, it just, it did a great job of creating a world that if you're a certain type of person, you know, gets your gears turning, like, oh, what's that about? You know, what's under the Cloud City? You know, what kind of You know, you can put in the work to flesh it out. If you can create a strong enough vibe, then the curiosity is going to be there. And like the way Gundam's um, like has those little details, it also gives you confidence. I think maybe Star Wars being more fantasy doesn't have that as much, but the way like the tape stuff that gives you confidence that if you were to look into it, you could find an answer. Especially now that there's so much stuff. It has more stuff than Star Wars, even. Let me see actually, let me just like like check on Amazon. Um just saw, I wanna see uh Gundam Encyclopedia. Oh we got some we got some we got some stuff. Ship and arrow ship and aerospace plane encyclopedia. Yes, I need like an Osprey book for <laughs> for a Gundam. <laughs> yeah, a lot some of these seem like uh Japanese imports. I'm not sure. Oh, the Japanese magazine Gundam Mobile Suit Bible. Ma- you know what? Okay, so we've decided, right, that like we're gonna keep going with this show, jo- with this uh, series. This is a worthwhile project.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. i can say this so far too.
0: From not like maybe this one being uh, dipping your toes, like it's fine that we went in without notes, but I think as it goes on, like I'm getting that encyclopedia might just be. <laughs> Might just be uh no, I, something I we have to I, do. I should
1: have taken notes. At least we're giving a fair summary. We jumped around a little bit, but I, I don't know. I think that's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean there's I mean it, there's uh the story itself flows so well, I think. Um like, you know, the way the movies are, um maybe it's a little too compressed. Maybe if you watch the show it would be a little too drawn out. Pick your poison. I don't know. <laughs> but the way that it is, like the way, I don't know, the plotting, like whenever something comes up, you're invested, you don't, you know, you, you're invested in seeing things work out and it feels like it has consequences for everyone. Right? they become a little more jaded or, it's not a crazy body count, but like, you know, like you have to say goodbye to some characters. Like, like there's a, there's tragedy.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, that that's, that's intense for, uh, was ultimately a kid's cartoon maybe that not maybe that kid's cartoon but it, that that's that's intense for something animated from the 80s yeah i've
0: i've heard i think like the joke like the joke about how to summarize gundam is that like you know like they maybe they describe like the events of mobile suit gundam and then it gets worse is what they say i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um i'm I know we'll see how these lovable scams get away in the future. <laughs> I'm so excited! Like we're doing this, so like we're planning on doing this kind of in the order that it comes out. But like as we go, it's gonna take some willpower to not. Um, maybe we'll just cover it in order, but like I might jump around because well, there's a series called Gundam: The Origin that I'm very curious to watch. I'm kind of curious. because it's about Char's rise to power. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just to whet the appetite. But I think that one came out recently. So.
1: <laughs> I was curious about uh Blood Iron Orphans or something.
0: Oh yeah, that one like a lot of people really like that one. I think it was written by um, Mario Kada, who's like really good at writing scripts for things about that, that make you cry.
1: Challenge accepted.
0: Challenge- <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna call it a night for tonight?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: I know it kind of jumped around. We just sort of. Uh, This is more to me right now, this episode. I don't know. um, I I was just excited expressing, like, excitement about, like, all the goings on in Gundam. Uh, If anyone's listening, let us know. I don't know. If you're a Gundam head or curious about it, let us know how this went. What you think about Gundam? What are the best Gundams?
1: Let us know what you think about the new type or not new type
0: controversy as well. (laughs) So Pleasant Evenings Book Club will be back with... Books and whatever this Gundam show ends up being called, we'll be back. We'll be back at ya. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Zeta. I'm I'm excited too, for sure. Good night. Uh, have a pleasant this evening. Corby signing off. Oh yeah, it's Roberto. I don't think we we just kind of jumped in. Yeah, yeah it's whatever, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Good night. Good night.
1: A pleasant evening. All right, let's recording.